We acknowledge the First Nations people as the traditional custodians of the land we are on today. We acknowledge and pay respect to all elders, past, present and emerging. The Now and the Future podcast is an exciting way of sharing members' stories of opportunities, challenges and provide support and expert advice for Down Syndrome community. Down Syndrome Queensland's vision is to support, advocate for empower people with Down Syndrome to take their rightful places as valuable and contributing members of their community both now into the future. Hello, my name is Michael Cox and I am the chair of the Queensland Down Syndrome Advisory Network which we call the QDSAN. Welcome to, to today's episode of Now and the Future, where we are going to talk about the DSQ Parent Education Conference. The conference will be held at the DSQ Ascot office on Thursday, 14th of March. I'm joined here today Claire Mitchell is a fellow member of the QDSAN. Hello, Michael. It's great to be here. We will be talking with Tanya McConnell from the support services team at Down Syndrome Queensland to find out about the Parent Education Conference. After we have finished uh, interviewing Tanya, she will be speaking with a parent who has attended the conference in the past to share what was helpful. Welcome, Tanya. Thanks, Claire and Michael. And I just have to say it's actually really fun to be the one being interviewed today because usually it's me asking all the questions. Tanya, could you tell us a bit more about the conference and who can attend? Absolutely. So I guess I should start by explaining why it's a little bit different this year. So DSQ usually runs our Endless Possibilities conference every two years. And the last one was in 2021. But they keep getting bigger and better every time. And they are so much bigger and better that this year we decided to run the Endless Possibilities Conference for Teachers part, separate to what we provide for for families around Queensland. And this is partly because there's been lots of positive things happening around inclusive education policy in Queensland, but also just because things are growing and developing and we thought it would be nice to keep the two separate. And so when a student with a disability goes to school, it's really important for the student's family and their school staff to all be on the same page with how to make sure that that student can participate as fully as possible in their learning environment. And so the conference will help parents to learn a bit more about the support that's available for their child at school, how best they can advocate for the child's learning needs and where and when to and how to get help if things get a bit tricky along the way. Yeah. Uh, What can parents expect 
to gain from attending the conference. So on the day, there'll be lots of different discussion groups and sessions for parents to join. And some of those will be for parents to join all together. So there'll be some keynote speakers where everybody will be part of that part of the discussion. And then um, in between the first and last sessions, there'll be some breakout sessions, Claire, where people can choose different topics that they'd like to attend. So some of the choices that they can make um, are things around advocacy or developing a vision statement for their child, um, looking after themselves on their child's schooling journey because it's a big, long 12 years of um, going through school and there's lots of different I guess, experiences you might have as the parent of a child with a disability. And then there's also going to be a session around how you can, um, I guess, hold that good working relationship between the home or the, and the school and the family. Uh, that's a, a good to know. You mentioned that the conference is at DSQ Ascot office, mm. but my parents near and far from Queensland I would like to attend. What advice would you like to give them? That's very true, Michael. Um, because we know that there will be lots of parents all over Queensland who'd like to attend, we'll be recording each of the sessions at the conference and that so that other people can access that information afterwards. Um, similarly, there might be people who actually do live near the conference but just can't attend because they might work on Tuesdays or for a range of reasons, they might not be able to make it there in person. And even if a person does attend on the day, we find that sometimes people like to revisit the information later on or maybe share it with another family member. So we're hoping that by recording each of the conference sessions, that will be helpful. Oh, that's a good note, Tanya. How can a parent access the recordings after the conference? Mm, good question, Claire. We would really like it if parents could please register to attend the conference, even if they're not planning to come in person, so that we know who all people are to send those recording links to afterwards. Does it cost anything to attend or to register for this conference? No, Michael. The Parent Education Conference is free to attend. Besides parents, is there anyone else who can attend the conference or might benefit from our coming? I'm glad you asked that question, Claire. We know that there are people like grandparents or other family and friends who are often involved in students' lives. And so we know that the way that school systems operate today can be quite different from years gone by. So anyone who's assisting to care for a student with a disability is welcome. And similarly, whilst it's Down Syndrome Queensland that's putting on this conference, we really believe that the information being featured will be helpful to a wide range of parents who may have children with a, a range of different disabilities or learning needs. So, if someone's listening and thinking that they might know another parent who could be interested in coming along, feel free to let them know. Thank you very much for your time. Tanya, before we let you go, can you tell us how people can register for this conference. Oh, it's been my pleasure talking to you both today, Michael and Claire. We'll be including the registration link in the show notes for today's episode, and that can be found at the bottom of the episode wherever you access your podcasts from. Or you can just go straight onto the Down Syndrome Queensland website and scroll down to the very bottom of the page of our main page, and that's where we have all our upcoming events. 
And so if you, once you can find the link um, for the Parent Education Conference, you can just link on that to register. Oh, thanks, Tanya. And uh, and now I believe we're, go- we're going to hear from a couple parents who attended the last conference. We are, Claire, that's right. The next part of this episode is going to be me talking to two lovely parents, Kira and Amanda, who attended our 2021 conference. Well, welcome, Kira and Amanda. Thank you very much for joining us. It's really lovely... Oh, it's our pleasure, actually, because you both have um, daughters the same age um, in Southeast Queensland who have just started at school this year, which is super exciting. Um, So I guess today is more about having a little bit of a look back at the last few years, um, thinking about, you know, the last conference, because I know you both attended that. So if it's okay, I was hoping to ask you guys some questions. Um, feel free to just jump in with thoughts and um, I guess any of your learnings along the way. But I think the first thing that we wanted to know a little bit more about in terms of reaching parents this year for our next conference is what, what I guess, motivated you to attend the 2021 Endless Possibilities Conference. Uh, well, for me, it was I wanted to sort of best arm myself with as much knowledge um, and support out there so that I could best support Caitlin in her education journey. So as much as I could find out from anywhere, and this was the perfect spot all in the one place, um, I just tried to gather it all up so that I was best prepared. That sounds good. What about you, Kira? Yeah, mine was much the same, actually, what I've written down here. Um, I just wanted to know where our rights were, where we stand, what what I should expect from attending a mainstream school because ever since I was pregnant with Jess, I wanted her to attend the same school as her sisters um, and just, yeah, just wanted to learn more about mainstream. I didn't come from an a, um, educational background. So, yeah, I just wanted to learn more, which mm-hmm. I did. That sounds good. And so I guess it sounds like you've been thinking about that for a really long time, Kira, you know. Um, yeah. And I guess for you too, Amanda, you know, you've got a, an education background yourself, but I guess you're wearing your mum hat <laughs> when you came along to that. I guess before you both attended the last conference two years ago, were there any things that were in the front of your mind at that point, you know, knowing that you were a couple of years off school at that point? Like, um, were there? Did you go there specifically looking for particular information? You mentioned rights before Kira, but was there anything else as well? I just wanted to know mostly uh, what I could not so much argue what I should expect from a school, um, not expecting them to you know put everything out. But, you know, the basics, what I should expect basically for them to offer my daughter to be able to attend mainstream school. Mm. I didn't, I had read so many gatekeeping um, stories and I just wanted to go prepared, you know, if that came up then I didn't want to just back off and just go, well, wait, no, actually Mm. we can do this. 
<laughs> it sounds like what you were saying then was you wanted to be able to be as prepared as possible to advocate for that inclusion yeah. as much as possible. Yes, but then at the same time, if anyone was to gatekeep, I wouldn't go to that school anyway. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we should talk about gatekeeping just for any listeners who don't haven't heard that term before. It's when... Um, when you know families approach schools and want to enroll in a particular location and there I guess um, lots of reasons are given for why perhaps that school is not the right school for their child with disability or, or, or why they may or may not meet um, criteria to attend that school and we do hear about it from a lot of families um, not just here in Queensland but all over Australia really um, and often it comes down to a conversation about funding or resources or, um, you know, perhaps you'd like to try that special school down the road, that kind of thing. Um, it sounds like you had been hearing stories about that from an early time in, in Jessica's life, Kira, but it sounds like you've had a good experience along the way in terms of her school that she's at currently. Yes. Um, so I had no gatekeeping at all um they've fully embraced all of jessica and her her challenges and um yeah i couldn't have asked for a better response and support team for jessica in regards to that mm-hmm. yeah. it must be nice to have prepared for what you thought was going to be a difficult situation only to find that actually the world is and can be very welcoming and including yeah, yeah. I think I um, worked myself up a little bit to <laughs> to fight, and I actually didn't need to fight. I walked into the um, preparation meetings last year. Um, we had three meetings in the final term last year before Jessica attended, and um, they had thought of everything and more that than I was bringing to the table um, in order to assist Jessica. So I couldn't ask for any more, to be honest. That's fantastic. Very, very lucky. That's really amazing. Yeah. What about you, Amanda? Like, um, what prompted you back in 2021 to think, gee, I should, even with your background in education, to go, mm, I wonder if I need to go learn about X, Y, or Z at that conference? Now, well, as you said, I've got the education background, but I hadn't been a teacher for almost four years. And so much changes and it involves in that short amount of time in the education sector, I wanted to sort of tap into the updates and what has been improved and what policies have changed. But also, as you said, I needed to put on my parent hat. Like I can experience from the other side of the table being the teacher, but as a parent, what are my rights? What should I be expecting? What are the type of questions I should be asking? I sort of needed my mind shift to a different direction and I needed assistance from someone else who knew which direction I had to go in rather than go in, well, I'm the teacher and this, this and this should be happening. But as a parent, it's mm. a different journey that I needed to take and I needed that guidance mm. from someone that sort of has been on that similar journey. Mm. And we hear that a lot from people and I would imagine this is the same for you, Kira. You already had two older daughters who were already at the school. So, you know, you'd been a parent for a number of years in a school community, but I, I wonder if, I wonder if a lot of the time parents attend these sorts of offerings because they're thinking, will that process be different when my child has a disability? Um, so yeah, okay. 
now that you have been through a conference, do either of you have any like thoughts or reflections on what you gained from attending at the time? I found when I attended it that all the information that I came home with um, and the content wasn't just useful for Caitlin. It's also has been extremely useful for my other two children who are also navigating the education system that some of the strategies and resources that were suggested I can use for all three of my kids, not just with Caitlin who has Down syndrome. It was beneficial in that respect, I think. It wasn't just sort of um, pigeonholed to help this certain child, but I've been able to use it with all three of my children. I thought that was really good, really beneficial the way it was portrayed on that day. That's good to know. Thank you. What about you, Kira? Yeah. well, not having the educational experience, um, I learned a lot about what inclusion was. Um, I had an idea, but I, I learned a lot more about what it actually is and what is possible. Um, and I also learned that my child does not have to keep up in order to attend mainstream school, that it is truly possible to attend mainstream school even through high school and even through TAFE, you can, she can attend through. I didn't know that at the time and now I know that I've got a bigger picture for Jessica. Yeah. It sounds like the dreams, you know, like all those hopes and dreams that all of us have for our children. Um, we don't have to put a lid on those. Um, yeah. That, that journey just might look different or might require some different resources and, and you know, walking alongside along the way. Yeah. There's definitely a lot more possible than I ever thought Um, and it really just depends where Jess wants to go. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. What about um, your favourite part of attending? Like so sometimes there's lots of learnings and things but sometimes there's like a really random part that ends up being your very favourite part. Can you remember? Uh, I can't remember names because I'm terrible with names. But my favourite part of the conference was the mother and daughter at the start who told their journey, their education journey um, from primary school to high school and TAFE and on to um, a career. And I had no idea that was actually possible because here I am with a three-year-old. Um, and I just found it truly inspiring to, to listen to them speak and I could listen to their story all day my favorite part that was Ruth and Rhonda Farager and they were very kind and yes their their journey was certainly an amazing one to hear yeah what about you Amanda I think the most beneficial thing for me was um, connecting and networking with other families they're in the same or similar situation um, to our family what worked for their child um, what didn't work for their child and why that was the case so getting together at morning tea and lunchtime and sort of picking apart what we just sort of heard and, and listened to and going, yeah, no, that's not going to work because of this, this, this one. Yep, that was a great idea. We're going to try that. Oh, great. Just sort of it then shared with us in a different type of language, like other parents deciphering and explaining what was said. Oh, yeah, now I get that. So I thought that was really cool. That's good. That's really good. And that's the point, I guess, of trying to have some of those break times is um, maybe you can make, make a connection on the day that can um, stay with you as you navigate that together. 
Yeah. What about now that both of your girls have started this term? Um, we're at the time of recording, it's week three, so, you know, early days. <laughs> but is there anything in particular that now that you've kind of made that transition has really triggered and said, oh, yes, I remember talking about that at the conference and I can see now why we talked about that? For me, it's sort of been um, I've provided the school and Caitlin's teacher with as much information as I could possibly think would be beneficial to support her. Now it's as hard as it is and frustrating. I have to step back now and let them figure it out, let Caitlin find her place in the school, then them to do their own thing, let Caitlin do her own thing, and, of course, tap in every so often, but not every day now. Let them continue their journey on without me sort of overseeing too much. I have to step back, which is extremely hard to do because I've been there from day dot every day, every hour with her, with her life so far, to now hand that over and be okay with that. Mm. Let them grow and let Caitlin grow. It's a very, very good point. <laughs> what about you, Kira? Um, just for us, I've just been working really well with the support team. We've got a really good relationship, so our communication is really good. And uh, any little thing, they'll let me know or ask a question. They have no problem speaking to me about even little things or bringing up the hard things. But really, so far, it's been a really smooth process and I don't, really have anything that I've had to implement yet from the mm. conference because mm. it's all been covered prior. So, mm. yeah, mm. early days, early days. I'm, I feel like it, currently I'm waiting, waiting for something to happen, but maybe it won't. <laughs> yeah, and we do hear that from a lot of parents um, because it's a long journey. It's like 12 years or yep. beyond depending on, you know, how much further they want to study beyond school too. Um and I think for any student with or without a disability, parents go through bumpy times at school. Um, and I know, I wonder if some of the smoothness so far, Kira, has been, it sounds like you reflected on quite a lot of preparatory meetings last year. And I know, Amanda, you've had a lot of those as well. Um, I imagine that was different to both of your older children like in both family circumstances but at the same time I wonder if that has helped to kind of pave that way. Absolutely I think it has. Um, my two other children have their own diagnosis which came later on in their schooling life so we were all learning the school with us um, what were the best supports for the boys whereas with Caitlin we were able to implement that from day one and to have that support base already established. Whereas with the boys, because we got that diagnosis later, we were almost treading water for a while until we sort of figured out in which direction was best for them. So, yes, preparation, I believe, is definitely the key for a smoother transition. Mm. And and what about – oh, did you, sorry, Kira. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, um, yeah, we had many meetings and um, also the school – contacted Down Syndrome Queensland as well, their education team, 
oh, liaise with them a bit. So they they were well prepared, even though they were still a bit like, oh, we'll see how we go. But I feel like they over-prepared. <laughs> and mm. they have actually, I've had many comments from the teachers as we're walking out of school, oh, she's ace in this and, you know, she's just fitting in just fine and she's going to ma- smash it. And I'm just like, oh, thank you. <laughs> and I don't about- know what you're <laughs> well, that's exactly what I was just going to say. I guess it is about making sure that people don't go in with set expectations. We can certainly prepare to troubleshoot any little sticky issues that might, you know, with a bit of forethought and preparation can certainly be smoothed. But it is also about remembering that first and foremost, they're a little student starting at a school, just like all the other little students starting at that school. Um and we have to remember that they have their own personality too and their own excitement about being there. And it's important not to kind of dampen any of that down. Did, did either of you, um, I guess, create a vision statement to share with the school before starting? Yes, I, I did. did. Sorry. <laughs> oh, both. So it sounds like both of you did. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. How did that go for you, Kira? Um, I created one last year and in our final meeting I handed it to them um, so that they had it for when she started this year um, and they seemed to appreciate it, I believe. I just spoke about Jess's personality and, and little quirks she has and things that she likes. And, yeah, It wasn't overly detailed. Yep, and it doesn't need to be. It's more just if the little person can't communicate that very easily initially for themselves then yeah yeah knowing what they're into um imagine amanda that was similar for you you would have put together yeah absolutely i put one together for kindy so um her likes um what works best for her um what she's still working on what are her strengths um and then once we started the interview process for the enrollment i gave the primary school the same vision statement and then at the beginning at the end of sorry last year I then gave them an updated one um which both places were very happy with and um and um were really impressed with it because then they had something to work on like a baseline mm. I think important. Mm. I think it's quite a beneficial thing to do yeah, and we will be doing that again in this year's um, conference. We'll have a dedicated session to that. So, um, well, thank you both for sharing a little bit about that. Our, our conference is coming up on the 14th of March. So, um, when this episode is out there, it'll be a few weeks away from the conference. Um, it's free and for people who don't, who can't attend on site, we are going to record each of the sessions, um, not live stream it like last time. There was a bit of a technical difficulty in doing that on the day. So we've decided to record this year so that um, if people want to watch that back who who cannot attend on site, they can do that. And sometimes I wonder too if you walk away from those conferences with lots that you think, oh, I would like to watch that again. We, we're hoping that that might be an option for parents. It's time to... Um, and we'll be holding that at our Ascot office. Thank you for joining. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Thank you. At the Now in the Future podcast, we'd love to hear your thoughts and questions as a way of continuing to provide essential information for the community. If you have a question or would like any more information on any of our episodes or have any ideas for future episodes, simply send us an email. 
to engagement at downsyndromeqld.org.au. That's engagement at downsyndromeqld.org.au. And we'll do our best to provide you with the information you require in one of our upcoming episodes. The Now in the Future podcast aims to support, advocate for and empower people with Down syndrome both now and into the future. You have been listening to the Now and the Future podcast. For more information about this episode and many other topics related to Down syndrome, please visit the Down syndrome Queensland website at downsyndrome.org.ie/qrd. Down syndrome Queensland supporting people with Down syndrome now and into the future.